You're listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. Bridges Nashville is a church plant in the heart of Music City, meeting at the Listening Room Cafe in downtown Nashville, Tennessee. Here's this week's message. All right, we're going to dive into this, guys. And I, I, my hope and prayer as we go through this series throughout this holiday season uh, that all of us can, can maybe make a shift because, you know, Usually, like I said, when you get around November, December, depending on maybe what you're involved in and depending on if you've married with children, I mean, things start getting a little bit busy. They do, right? And you just start thinking about the holidays and you start thinking about uh, Thanksgiving, who, where you're going, what travel plans, who you're inviting over. You start thinking about Christmas. I mean, you know, the world is already thinking about Christmas. Uh-huh. You can go to Walmart, Lowe's. Uh, they already got, they don't even, they don't even let, let Halloween get out of the way. And then they got their Christmas stuff up. Now, do they do that just because they're so excited about Christmas? No. <laughs> they do that because they, they've got to hit money. They do that because it's like, let me get it out there right now so people can start spending money and buying that and all that good stuff. So what my hope and desire in and doing this series, and this is something, you know, God just kind of gave me as I was, I was praying and it just popped into my spirit. Let's, let's not get caught up in the busyness, amen, but let's stay about the business of God's kingdom. And I believe if we stay about the business of God's kingdom, we can apply that to these holidays as well, amen? Y'all still with me? Now, I'm not a, not a Debbie Downer. I'm not, 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 not killing holidays and, and Thanksgiving and Christmas. I love Thanksgiving, although I don't like turkey. I'm actually allergic to turkey. Yeah, that's okay because we quit have, well, my wife still cooks turkey, but we do ribs on Thanksgiving as well. Yes, yes, we do ribs on Thanksgiving. Yes, we do. Me and my son, we were like, one day we were talking and like, what, Grayson, you want turkey? No, what else? Can, how about ribs? Like, yeah, Daddy, we're going to do some ribs. So we do ribs for Thanksgiving. But, you know, it's, it's still trying to stay in the spirit of God. What is this all about? And how many know November should not be the only time where we're thankful? So we're going to learn throughout this series, how do we apply that? To every day, every week, every month of our lives of being thankful for what God has done. Now, if you got your Bibles, go to Luke chapter 17. Very, very familiar passage of scripture. I'm going to dive into it. I'm going to read the whole thing. And then we're going to kind of pick out a few points that we're going to apply to our lives. And I believe God's going to show us something great. Amen. Luke chapter 17. This is a story about the 10 lepers. And I know we've got some children in here with us today. Don't forget, you can follow along with that word search. Every time I say a word that's on that word search, make sure you, you cross it off or do something. And then you can turn that in after service. And we've got some very cool prizes back there for you. Y'all give our kids a hand clap for, for hanging in here with us. Yes, come on, show your love for the younger generation. Amen. Now, Luke chapter 17, I'll kick it off here, verse 11. It says, now it happened as he went to Jerusalem, talking about Jesus, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him 10 men who were lepers. Everybody say 10 men. Amen. Say it like you mean it. Amen. 10 men who were lepers, who stood afar off. 
Now, everybody look at me real quick. So let me set the stage for that. These lepers, they was a horrible disease uh, back in Bible times. And this disease, not only was it horrible, but it also alienated you. And if anybody ever wanted to say, what does that mean to be alienated? Everybody remember COVID? And you kind of got locked down and stuff. Now take, take that to the 25th power. Okay? It alienated you from people. Uh, you were kind of just uh, with other people who had leprosy. And these 10 men, it says they didn't even come up to Jesus. They stood afar off. They stood away from him. But they'd heard something about him that they knew that if I can just get to where I can communicate to him, then he can, he can, he can change my situation. Now, it says they stood afar off. Verse 13, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Verse 14, Jesus is so cool. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. Say that with me. As they went, they were as they went, they were cleansed. Now, that's very important. We'll come back to that. It says, as they went, they were cleansed. Verse 15. And one of them, everybody say, one of them. One. Now, we're going to leave here today identifying. Either we're going to be that one of them, or we're going to be that other group. But it says, one of them, just one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice glorified God. And fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. Now, now if you've been hanging out with us long enough to know, you've, you've, you've heard me talk about uh, the, the division between the Jews and the Samaritans. They didn't like each other, okay? Uh, they hated each other. They're, they had no common ground with one another, but this was a Samaritan, and that's real important to, to note in there. This was a Samaritan that came back and worshipped him, okay? Verse 17, so Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Everybody says, where are the nine? That's, that's a good question right there. Where are the nine? How many know God has done so much for everybody on this planet? But I mean, not everybody on this planet is returning to him, glorifying him. He's blessing everybody. He's, he's, he's taking care of people. But, but the big question, where are the other nine? Where are the nine? Then it goes back and says, were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner, meaning the Samaritan, the one who doesn't, isn't supposed to have anything to do with the Jews or Jesus. And he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Isn't that interesting how we've read a lot of stories in the Bible where somebody got healed and Jesus always tells them, David, your faith, your faith has healed you. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has restored you. What did he tell the woman with the issue of blood? Your faith has healed you. It's made you well. And I believe that the, the biggest thing that the enemy today is after, it's not your stuff. I mean, he can't use your stuff. 
your car breaks down. People, we get in this lingo sometimes, like if driving down the road, car breaks down. Oh, y'all pray for me. The devil's after my car. He can't drive your car. He can't. Or y'all pray for me. My AC broke down. The devil's after my AC. He can't. He can't. What, what does he need your air conditioning for? Now, if you live in Texas, that's a whole nother story. If you live in Texas and your AC breaks down, the devil is after your AC. Okay? But he's not after any of your stuff. He's after your faith. And if he can shake your faith, that's when he can get a hold of you. Jesus is always telling people, your faith has made you well. Now, let's, let's backtrack in there as we talk about it's that time of year. Let's backtrack into this story of what, what has really gone on. There's 10 men that were in the same predicament. How I many know you rub shoulders with people every single day that could be going through the same thing that you're going through? Every single day, you're surrounded by people that are hurting, that are wounded, amen, that are bruised, that are broken, and, and you have to look at yourself and say, I am one of those people. Because, I mean, we're all broken people. We are. Nobody's perfect. We are all broken people in need of a Savior. And these 10 men who stood afar off because of this horrible disease that has alienated them and separated them from their job, from their livelihood, from friends, from family, they're separated. So out of desperation... Anybody ever been desperate? Yeah, we reach a moment where we're desperate and we got to, if we can just get to where Jesus can hear us and I hope he hears my prayer. I, 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 anybody ever feel like you, you've dug your own pit? Anybody ever did that before? See, I love the honesty in here because sometimes it's not the devil, it's us. Sometimes it's, it's, we can blame it on the devil, but sometimes we, we dig our own hole. Reminds me of that little cartoon, this... this <laughs> This little boy came outside his house because he heard somebody crying. And he's like, who is that? Is, is it is one of my friends? And he, he walks out and he stumbles onto the front porch and the devil's sitting on his front porch. And I mean, the children are inquisitive, not afraid of anything. So the little boy walks up and, excuse me, Mr. Devil, <laughs> what's wrong? As he sees the devil crying big tears, the devil looks up and says, everybody blames everything on me. Sometimes it's not the devil, but sometimes we can dig our own pit. But it still should not alienate us from calling out to Jesus. These men were in a predicament. They uh, were were ridden with leprosy. uh, But they came up, stood afar, and they called out to Jesus. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. I love what Jesus said. When he saw them, he said, he didn't even, this is how cool Jesus is. He didn't even lay hands on them. He didn't say, I cast out the leprosy. He didn't, he didn't say, you are healed. He said, go show yourself to the priest. Anybody know why he, he did that? Well, good. I'm going to tell you why he <laughs> did that. He said, go show yourself to the priest. Because this was a, a system that was set in place. Anybody with leprosy, you had to go to the priest. And only the priest, a man, could declare you being healed and whole. Y'all got that? Now, that was, that was the religious system that was set in place. But Jesus comes along, and he's trying to show us, listen, I have the power to heal you regardless of what the religious system is set in place. But he's testing these men. Hey, go show yourself to the priests. 
Because once you got to the priest, he had to examine you, and he had to sign, sign off. You're, you're, okay, leprosy's gone. There's no trace of leprosy. You can go back to society. So these men, they went to show themselves to the priest. Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. That's all he said. Man, Jesus is cool, y'all. I mean, he's just, he's the man. He, he really is. He's like the bomb. He's like, man, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were all cleansed. Now, they hadn't got to the priest yet, but as they were walking, they were all cleansed. Obedience. Go show yourself. Go show yourself to the priest. Walk out this obedience. Because sometimes, how many know when we pray, we want it instantaneously? Anybody like that? I hate waiting. That's just my personality. I'll put something in the microwave, and I will open the door before it gets all the way down. I just, I just, I just, I'm just, I'm just not patient like that. Long lines. Anybody like to wait in long lines for something? No, even if it's good food, you don't want to wait in a long line. But sometimes, you guys, you got to walk out some stuff. And it may not happen when you want it to. Can you imagine when Jesus said, hey, go show yourself to the priest. Wait a minute. These lepers probably talked amongst themselves first because we think everything just happened real quick in the Bible. I guarantee you, they had a little powwow. Well, I thought you said this was Jesus. I thought you said he's going to lay hands on us and heal us. But somewhere they got it together and said, well, let's just do what he told us to do. And as they began to walk, the Bible says they were all cleansed. And one of them, midway, seeing that he was whole, I love this because he didn't even make his way to the priest. Watch now. When he saw that he was cleansed, it says he came back. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned. So he looked, saw that he was healed, returned back to Jesus, and he did something that none of the other nine did. Returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. Now, I want to I talk about this because we can, we can read that story and think that, okay, he, just, he saw he was healed, came back, and he glorified God. But there was much more to that. This was, this was a deep gratitude of a life being restored. This was a deep gratitude. We think he just got healed of leprosy. But I guarantee you, when he saw that he was healed, guess what popped back into his mind? You know what? I can, I can go back and I can hold my wife once again. I can go back and I can hold my kids once again. I can go back and I can, I can go back to my place of employment once again. I can provide for my family once again. This leprosy had robbed them of an entire life. And Jesus gave it all back to him in one moment. He's the one that saw that he was healed and restored. I want to ask each and every one of us, have we taken the time to actually look around and see, look at ourselves, look at our lives and see where God has healed us, where God has restored us, where God has had mercy on us. I mean, that'll keep you in check. Where God has extended grace to you. Where God knows everything about your life 
and you're still here today. For God knows that you've dug some deep holes for yourself, but, but he, because of his mercy, got you out of that. See, when you, when you live a life where you look at yourself and see that God's healed you, listen, it prevents you from looking at others and judging people. Because we're so quick to judge. We're so quick to, well, you know, they're, they're in that situation because of this, or they're in that situation because that's just how they are. We're so quick to judge people. But this one Samaritan, when he looked and he saw, so what happened? He didn't just go show himself. He never made it to the priest. He took a look at himself. He had to look at his skin, had to look at his feet, had to look at his body. And he knew that he was healed. So before we go out and we start judging others, let's really take a deep look of our lives. I mean, we have a lot to be thankful for. We have so much to be thankful for. And it's the enemy's job to keep us not looking at what God has done for us. But he wants to turn that in and cause us to think of what we don't have. Anybody ever, ever felt a moment where you were just in a big pity party? Huh? Was that a fun party? Maybe for you. <laughs> but a pity party is not a fun party at all. A pity party is where you can, you, can, you can start complaining about what you don't have and what somebody else has, and, and all of a sudden you forget to realize how God's already blessed you, what God's already done in your life. Those are the things, when this one man returned and saw that, he's like, I've got to glorify God. Now, he was a Samaritan. But even right then and there, he broke the rules, he broke the custom. And he's like, we're not even supposed to have anything to do with Jews. But even in that moment, he was so thankful that he went back and worshipped somebody that he wasn't even supposed to worship. He didn't care what tradition said. He didn't care what, what he had been bred to believe about the Jews and, and, and who they were, none of that mattered. All that mattered was he'd met a man that had restored his life. This is re restoration. This is where when you look back over your life and see God has really been good. Now, I know that age-old question is, how come a lot of bad things happen? Well, I can't answer that. It's life, amen? Life hits us all at different stages Different levels. Some of us get punched harder than others. And it's life. But what I can answer is there's a person that can change your life. That can heal your life. That can help your life. Will you acknowledge that person today? Will you acknowledge what he's already done? Will you acknowledge who he is? And worship him for who he is. That's what this one Samaritan did. Y'all still with me? Yeah. Now give me a hand clap to encourage me. If this is helping anybody. <laughs> Go back to verse 18. Jesus said, were there not any found who returned to give glory to God? Now I don't know what the other nine did. 
You don't know what the other nine did. You know why? Because they never returned. The one, that, the one that returned, David, is the one that we read about in, in, in the Bible. The one that returned and, and, and saw that, that God had done some great things in his life. He's the one that made it into the word of God to teach all of us today. Those other nine, we don't know what happened to them. They could have went back and took it for granted. Anybody ever took something for granted? I mean, no, you, you, you realize when you've taken something from, for granted when you no longer have it. And you miss it. And it's like, wow, I really took that for granted. I really need that. Was a, that was a big blessing in my life. And now I don't have it. Because I took that for granted. I wonder how many times do we take our relationship with God for granted? God, I'm, I'm going to check in. I'm going to check in once a week with you. God, maybe when I get in a bad predicament, I'll reach out to you. But we can take it for granted that he's with us every single day of our lives, amen, to help us, to walk us through. We just got to call out to him. Jesus said, were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? So I'm going to ask you a couple of things, and we'll get ready to, to wrap all this up. This is my first closing, if y'all believe me, I don't know. But I want to ask us this, I want to ask us this. This is, this is that time of year where people get into this mode of being thankful. But let's start it off. Let's kick it off by reflecting back. In your mind, think back of some things to where you didn't think you were going to make it. Amen? But you're here today. Come on. You didn't think you were going to make it, but you're here today. Today is November what? November 6th? So November 6th, a year ago, where were we, Heather? We were at Vanderbilt Hospital, November 6th, a year ago, Vanderbilt Hospital with my 12-year-old. My Got very sick. We were there for nine days, nine days, and, and we didn't know what was going to happen. Very traumatic experience for all of us, the whole family. We still, we don't like going to hospital. Anybody like going to hospital? I don't like going. We just, whoo. Even when we got to go back for checkups, me and Grace, we just have bad attitudes, you know. We got to go for a checkup. Like, we don't want to be there. The nurses come out, and they try to do small talk with us. I'm like, just, I just, I have to repent later because, you know, I'm supposed to be kind to people. But it was a very traumatic experience. We were there for nine days, and my son was dealing with a, a bad illness, and it was COVID-related, and we just didn't know what was going to happen, and his body was filled with a lot of inflammation, and they kept checking his heart and all this stuff, and, and but God, amen, but God, and I remember in that moment where you get into some situations, and, and you never take that for granted when God does something, and it's like, we didn't just walk out of that hospital not thanking God, Amen. I didn't walk out of that hospital saying, well, praise, praise God that they had great doctors there. Now, I'm not knocking against any doctor at Vanderbilt. But we walked out of there like, thank you, God, for healing our son, for turning this situation around. And even now, it's like we, we go back to that moment, and, and you, you, you look at that moment in time, and you tell yourself, if God, if God turned it around for me then, he can turn it around for me in this next next season that I come into that's difficult. Whatever it is, God can do it. 
But I said that to challenge all of us to look back over our life. At the beginning of this month where we're supposed to be talking about gratitude and thankfulness, look back over your life and pinpoint some seasons and moments where you called out to God out of desperation, where God saved you from something, where God healed you from something, where God stepped in and, and, and maybe you were about to make a wrong turn, but God stepped in and put you back on track. You got to remember those moments and then you got to go back and be thankful for those. Because it's, it's the gratitude that this one man showed that's teaching you and I a lesson today. If we can be grateful and thankful for what we have already, I mean, no, that'll bring a lot of peace into your life. That'll bring a lot of stability into your life. That'll bring a lot of peace and calm into your life. Because the world teaches us to always be on this busy, busy, busy hustle and bustle. But when you realize that you have everything that you need in God, it'll bring that peace. It'll bring that peace. But you got to be thankful. You got to show some gratitude towards your Heavenly Father. So that's one thing, guys. Look back over your life. Find those moments where God's done something great in you, where God's done something amazing in, for you. And at the very least, God, I thank you. Thank you for that. I recognize. What are you doing when you're thanking God? You're recognizing. A lot of people are like, well, that's God. He, he's used. No, 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 no. When you, when you do something for somebody, do you like appreciation? You know? You, you, at least you want somebody to say thank you, right? When you go out of your way and have, have you ever had God... Uh, put somebody on your heart to maybe bless them or do something kind for them. And, you know, because we're human, you go overboard. All you need is a thank you, right? When you don't get the thank you, it's like, well, man, God, they didn't even, they didn't even care about that. And can you imagine God? God's doing something great for you, and we're not taking the time to really, God, I thank you. This this man went overboard. He didn't, just, he didn't just send him a tweet, hey, at Jesus, thank you for that. No, he didn't do that. This was a falling down at his feet, worshiping him out of the depth of his heart and spirit. God, I thank you for restoring me back to my family. You've healed my life, God. You've changed my situation. When we can acknowledge God in that, I believe that blesses him so much. And it also causes us to remember who he is. Amen? So the second thing I want you to do, as you look back and see what God's done in your life, the second thing I want you to do, listen, this is where we always challenge ourselves to walk out of this building to do something to represent the love of God. Amen? So first thing, look back over your life, see what God's done in your life. Second thing, ask God this week. God, what can I do? What can I do to show somebody the grace and the mercy of God this week? Grace and mercy. Grace and mercy. And when you say that prayer, I believe God will set up a situation. Now, this is, at least you know what I'm talking about. He'll, he'll set up a situation. You say, God, how can I extend mercy to somebody? That's a, that's a deep prayer. 
Okay? Don't pray this if you don't mean it. But this is God, how can I extend mercy and grace to somebody this week? And be on the lookout for that. And I guarantee you, God will cause a scenario or a situation for maybe for somebody to wrong you. Uh-oh, uh-oh, see now, I'm, see, I'm, okay, I've hit a nerve. I've hit a nerve. But somebody will wrong you, and you will have to extend mercy to that person. You have to extend mercy to that person. You're gonna have to be. You're gonna have to be that that cop that doesn't turn on your lights, even though you have every right to call that person out. You're gonna have to be that cop to just not gonna turn on my lights, not gonna pull them over, not gonna give them a ticket. Because I believe in this season, people need mercy and they need grace. The leper said, Jesus, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. People need mercy. People need the forgiveness of God. That's our assignment for this week. Y'all got me on that? Number one, reflect back over your life. Find those moments where God has done some amazing things in your life where you can be thankful for. And when you do that, listen, it's going to be an overwhelming feeling within your heart your, your mind, your body, your soul, the gratitude. You're going to begin to look at the little things and see the blessing in the little things. Then your heart will be full. and You won't be, won't be on social media scrolling and, and getting jealous or feeling bad about what you got because you see what somebody else has posted. You don't know if that's their car. They could have went and stood by that Ferrari. That's just the truth. In fact, I can go stand next to a Ferrari, take a picture, and people will think that's mine. But people that know me know that ain't mine. (laughs) So quit comparing yourself to what other people and start looking around you at the blessings that God's already given you. Amen? And then go out and say, God, how can I extend the mercy to somebody and the grace to somebody and allow him to set up those scenarios And when you extend mercy, you do your part, God will do his part. Amen? Does help anybody today? Give me a hand clap to encourage me. Stand to your feet. We'll be dismissed in just a few moments here. I want to end this by saying this. Those, when Jesus, when Jesus said, where are the nine? Where are the nine? almost believe that Jesus was even putting out a plea for his people. Because this was a Samaritan, Patrick. had nothing to do with Jews, nothing to do with worshiping God. But it's almost like Jesus, because he's so cool, he's like, where are the nine others that I healed and restored their life to? I've done great things for them. Where are they at? And I believe that that cry from Jesus echoes to today as he talks to his people. Listen, I think the world needs to see more of God's people glorifying him publicly. Glorifying him unashamedly. You ever see somebody that's a 
that's a public figure on television, and maybe they're, they put a microphone in their mouth, and the first thing they, maybe it's an athlete, and they say, I just want to give all glory to God. Does that ever hit anybody? You know why? Because we don't hear it often enough. That's it. It, it. it stands out. It's like, man, any athlete that, that does that or, or it's a movie star, somebody that the world has put on this pedestal, when they, when they lead off by saying, I, just, I give all glory and honor to God. Wow. The media, they don't even know how to handle that. But I believe God's calling us as his people, as his sons and daughters, to show the world that we're so thankful not because of what we have but because of who we have and to start glorifying God you know if, if my grandmama were still alive today she'd probably embarrass half of us here because she was just she didn't care what people thought about her I mean she was that old praying grandmama you go out to eat with her and, and if you were shy, then you better just put your head down. Because she's going to bless her food no matter who is around. And she'll have a little mini sermon blessing her food in the restaurant. The waitress come up and she goes, can I take your order? And she let her take her order. But before we left, she looked at her like, baby, do you know Jesus? Like, oh, grandmama, just, she's trying to do her job, you know? No. <laughs> but she was just so in love with God. And I think God is, when Jesus said, where are the nine? Healed 10 of them. I blessed 10 of them, restored 10 lives. They're all going back to their families, their jobs, their, their, their life before leprosy. But where are they? Let that cry ring in our ears today. Where are the nine? Where are the nine? that are not ashamed. Where are the nine that are, that are just praising God in public settings and, and recognizing God? The Bible says he came back and with a loud voice glorified God. Let that challenge some of you today. I don't, I'm not saying you got to do something that is going to... Uh, well, no, I don't want to say that because have you ever thought, man, I, if I do this, it's going to turn people off. Huh? We, we've, 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 all, we've all hit that moment. Well, if I, if, I, if I follow this unction and God is telling me to, to, to pray a little bit louder at the dinner table because he knows there's somebody sitting next to us that, that needs to hear something and, I'm, and, I, and I don't do it because... I, oh God, I don't want to embarrass. I don't want to turn people off. Where are the nine? What if it turns them on to Jesus? What if it makes them think about, oh man, I, I heard that person's prayer and, and oh man, something is burning inside me now. And Where are the nine? Where are the nine? Where are the nine? I sure all, you can't wait to get out of here to go to a restaurant to stand up and say, I bless this food in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you 
and these tacos that we're about to eat. Bless them in the name of Jesus. Instead of thinking that who you're going to turn off, start thinking about who you may point towards the Savior. Jesus said, where are the nine? See, when we walk out of this place today, we can be the nine or we can be the one. It's up to you and I. We can be the nine or we can be the one. I'm going to be the one. I'm with you. I'm going to be the one. I'm going to be the one. I'm going to be the one. I'm going to be the one that when God does those little miracles, when you're standing in line at the grocery store and you swipe your card, you're just hoping there's money on the account. <laughs> and it goes through. Come on, you know how much you got and you're like, Oh, it went through. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Because, see, we can take that for granted, too. But have you ever been in a situation where you didn't have money in the bank to buy you some groceries? Okay. See, something's just going to change your life. You're going to be in the grocery store. Thank you, God, that I've got money to buy groceries. Because, see, I've been there where I didn't, Dave. I've been in a restaurant, Chinese buffet. I don't know if I ever shared that here, but I've been in a Chinese buffet. Didn't have, scraped up enough money just to get there. Didn't have enough money to buy groceries, but I've been there to where I, I went to the buffet and I kept going back and forth and stuffing my pockets with food that I could take back to my apartment. God's reminding me of that today. And it's like, I can go to Publix and just swipe the card and think nothing of it. Think nothing of it. But now I'm, I'm convicted because I remember when I didn't have money to buy groceries. That's that little blessing. Come on. Let's, let's really set our hearts and minds and spirits and souls to start this month off with a heart of thankfulness in every little thing that God does in our lives. Amen? Let's not take it for granted. Thanks for listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. To find out more about us and who we are, check out our website at bridgesnashville.com or find us on social media at Bridges Nashville.